So we are continuing on in this series that we started last week called, I Have a Friend Who. And what we are doing is focusing on those people that you interact with, uh, interact with in and out of a given day. And uh, this could be um, then someone at work, it could be someone in your neighborhood, it could be a friend, it could be anybody. But we're focusing on the different topics that you might face in these conversations that you have with these indiv- different individuals. And, and so the goal of this series really is, is quite simple. We just want to provide you with the, the right, uh, the proper tools and information so that God can use you to help answer these friends, these coworkers, whoever, in a way that will bless them. So last week, Pastor Harris was here, and he talked about how you can answer and help uh, uh, someone you care about who is dealing with and making poor choices. Today, I'm going to look at how you can answer and help somebody who is struggling with being single. Now, before I begin, I need to just clarify two things. Number one, I am a married person speaking about single people. And so my prayer this whole week has been uh, that I get it right, uh, that I provide you with good information, and that I, sh- I can shed, uh, shed some, some wisdom into this topic. Uh, the other thing, uh, and you already understand that, is that there is a great deal of diversity among single people in our world today. For example, uh, there are some people who are single because of the death of a spouse. And so they not only have to come to grips with the loss of that loved one, but they also have to deal with learning how to live without that person, living all alone again. Uh, Then another group of people who are single are those who are single because of a divorce. Uh, These individuals often have to deal with a tremendous amount of trauma and pain and regret and, and, and so they have a lot of issues that they have to wrestle with. Uh, in both of these first two categories, uh, the person needs to um, kind of readjust to learning how to be single again after having experienced life as a married person. The third category of single would be those people who have never married. And in here, we find some diversity as well. There are some people who have never been married and really don't plan to. They enjoy the single life. They enjoy uh, the freedom that it offers. Uh, another group, uh, while it's not their first choice, have done a pretty good job of, of you know, finding relative contentment. And they're working hard at enjoying a uh, full and meaningful life. But there is a third group who are single and who have never been married. And this is a very painful, a very sensitive subject for them. Uh, maybe they see their, their friends or their family members getting married and having kids and they wonder, why not me? So that is uh, another category. And actually, that's the actual category that we're going to be looking at today. That's the particular group of people that I want to focus on, those people who have, um, and, and it could be a person, again, that you, that, uh, who works with you, or it could be somebody who plays sports with you, it could be somebody that you see at the gym, it could be somebody who lives next door to you, it could be a person related to you, but these are people who are struggling with being single. And maybe you've had conversations with them and they have one question after another and you're not sure how to answer them. And and so what my goal is today is it's going to be a little bit different than a regular message. But I want to present some potential questions, some potential questions that a single person might have and then follow that up with some answers that will hopefully help. 
So, for example, one question that a, a person who is single might have is, is it wrong to want to be married so badly? And the simple answer is no. All humans are created in God's image as relational beings. Right? God created you and me to want to have a, a relationship with other people. All right? And that's where that longing for marriage comes in. It's that desire for intimacy. And that's marriage is one way by which that desire for intimacy is met. And, and so that's... That's just how God created us. Uh, in Genesis 2:18, God says, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." So again, it's that's that's how God has created us. Now, notice that this verse doesn't say that it, to be married is to be normal. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't say that. Um, it does simply underscore the fact that. Um, Our desire for intimacy is just part of how God has wired us. And because we live in a broken world with broken people and broken relationships, um, that lack of intimacy, anytime you experience it, whether you are single or married, that lack of intimacy is painful. So that can lead to a second potential question, uh, a question that isn't necessarily spoken as maybe it is felt or thought, And it's the question, if I become too content in being single, will I jinx myself and never get married? People, Some people think God is like this shady used car dealer or something and and that he's got it out for you. And if you just get a little comfortable with, you know, your current lifestyle, that you're going to be stuck that way for the rest of your life. And and the answer is is rather up front, God won't ask anyone to accept the rest of their life to be the way it is right now. He just, he won't do that. So if you are, if, if you are single now, okay, or if you're experiencing some type of, you know, life right now, it doesn't mean that's how it's going to be always. There's no way that we can ever look into the future and know what's going to happen, right? We need to simply face and deal with what today brings, And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 6. Read this with me. Verse 34. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Right. And and, and I'm convinced that um, by the Spirit's power, if a single person can grasp and understand this truth, then by his power, they'll be led to say, you know what? I am not going to um, wait until I get married to start my life. I'm not going to waste my time waiting for a day that may or may not happen. No, with God's help and power, I'm going to carve out a life of service to him now that connects deeply with other people in love now, that fills my heart with his joy and peace now. And that is a very healthy way to respond. But that leads to yet a third question, a potential question that a single person could ask. And it's this. How do I accept this day? As a single person. Okay, I don't have to worry about tomorrow, but how do I accept today? How do I get through today? And the answer would be to learn to follow Jesus' example. Jesus says, follow me. And when he says that, he says that to everybody, married and unmarried. He's saying, you know, study me. Learn from me. Look to me. And I think we should. It is important to look to Jesus for a couple of reasons. Number one, Jesus knows what it's like to be single, right? He knows what it's like to see married couples and feel the pain of not having what they have. 
He certainly knows what it's like to go to a wedding as a single guy in his 30s and probably overhearing people whispering to his mom, is he ever going to get married? So he gets it, right? He's not this unfeeling robot. In Hebrews 4.15, it tells us, in Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize in our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Jesus gets it. He's faced every struggle and every temptation that you face, even the sexual ones. But he was perfect. He was without sin. Of course, we can never measure up to that. But my point here is that if you're carrying around the weight of past mistakes or regrets, I just want to remind you that when Jesus was walking on planet Earth, he doled out scandalous amounts of mercy. He offered ridiculous amounts of forgiveness and acceptance and grace to the people around him. And guess what he does to us today? Same thing. So if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, all right, you can trust that God will forgive your mistakes, your regrets, your acts of disobedience you've committed, whatever. When you confess to God your sin, he will wash it away. He will scrub away that stain of your guilt with the blood of his son. But there's a second thing, a second reason why I think we should follow Jesus' example. And it's because Jesus created a sense of community for loving friendships to occur. Jesus created a sense of closeness that involved both men and women. And that was something that was unheard of back in Jesus' day. And and just keep in mind then that for Jesus, being single did not mean being alone. He surrounded himself with people who were close friends. People like Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, very dear friends. In Luke 8, it tells us this. Read these two verses with me. Jesus traveled about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women. And so notice that last word, women. You know, Jesus went from village to village to village, and it wasn't just with the guys, Right. There were women and they traveled together. They ministered together. They learned together. Right. They were there together. And that was something no other rabbi had ever done. But Jesus did it. And in doing so, he creates this relationship, developing community with the people around him who were close to him. But not just for their sake, but for his sake as well. Remember, he's, he's a real person. Okay. So he loved and longed for that same sense of community with other people too. And that leads me to a fourth potential question that a single person might ask. What does it take to build a community where everyone can belong? And this is difficult because there are times when our culture, without coming right out and saying it, can give you the impression that to be married is normal, to be single is not. So how do we build a community where everyone can belong? I think there are two things that need to happen. First, we need to get rid of the stigma that is attached to being single. There is nothing shameful or disgraceful or wrong with being single. Actually, if you think about it, some of the main characters in the New Testament were single, right? John the Baptist probably was. Uh, Jesus certainly was, Paul was, and he recommended it to others. So I think the first step to a community where everyone can feel like they belong is just to remove any stigma that might be attached to a person being single, especially to those people who have never been married, especially to those people who have never been married, because in their mind, it's easy to be tempted to think, well, those people who are divorced or or those who are widowed, at least they were chosen. 
I've never been chosen. So something must be wrong with me. And, and of course, that's not true. But that's that's a, a real temptation that they that they wrestle with. Actually, the thing that is wrong with them and all of us is this thing that is called sin. And that works in our hearts, doesn't it? Romans 3, 23, read this familiar verse with me. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's right. Sin impacts 100% of the population on this earth. The good news is that God has created a plan to deal with our sin through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a life of perfect obedience. He died uh, and he was nailed to the cross and he died to forgive your sin and my sin and everyone else's sin on this planet. And, and so whenever you um, confess your, your guilt to God, you, um, that guilt is forgiven. Through faith in Christ, you, your sin debt is paid. By God's grace, you are healed. What's really amazing, though, is, is this next part. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, a new community was formed. A contagious Christian community called the church. Right? You recognize that? That's part of our mission statement where we want to encourage people to exchange everyday life for contagious Christian community. We want to build people up in love. We want to tear down old barriers. We want to emphasize the truth that Paul mentions in Galatians 3 where he says there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, and I would add married nor unmarried, for you are all one in Christ. So if you are single here, if you are here and you're single, I I am very glad that you are here. You are an important part of this body, this family called Royal Redeemer. And and I just want you to know that we would not be able to be a community of in Christ as God intends without that diversity. A diversity that includes both married and unmarried people where we learn together what it means to be in community. But there's a second, a second thing that we need to look at. If we're going to be a contagious Christian community where everybody belongs, there's this second truth we need to address. And, and I would, I'm going to really be speaking uh, primarily to those of you who are married. Okay? And, and it's this. If we're going to build that kind of a community, we need to build a community that's inclusive of both married and single people alike. And to do that, let me just get real practical with you and share a couple of suggestions, okay? Suggestion number one is be careful of what you say. When you go up to somebody that you know is single, (laughs) avoid saying, why aren't you married? Because you might as well just say, why aren't you normal? Say, just don't want to do that. You also want to avoid saying things like, you know what, you'll get married someday. Don't say that, right? Because you don't know if that's what they want. You don't know if that's what God wants for them. So just be careful and watch what you say. A second kind of practical tip is knock down barriers and build bridges. And here's why I'm speaking primarily to married couples. Because as married couples, we tend to default into building friendships and relationships with, guess what? Other married couples. That's right. And we don't do this on purpose. We don't mean to be this exclusive community. But it happens. And when it happens, it just... It it blocks the community that Christ died to create. Now, here at Royal Redeemer, we have this great ministry called TNT. It's uh, 20s and 30s. And I can tell you for a fact, that is a group that's, it's a fun group. And they, not that I'm 20 or 30, but they invited me to one of their parties and it was kind of fun. 
But they, but they have married and unmarried um, people in that group, and it's, and it's a lot of fun. And it's just one of those things that we can work on and develop. So let me just offer this challenge to all of you, okay, to all of you, regardless of your age. Um, let me just offer you this challenge. Next time you're inviting some, some people to go to a ball game with you, or maybe next time you are inviting someone to go out to coffee with you, some people, or maybe you're inviting some people over for dinner, Okay, be intentional about including both married and unmarried people. Right. Break down the barriers. And and if you think, oh, you know, I have built some barriers, just acknowledge it to God. Confess it. Admit it. Remember, God loves you. Trust that Jesus will forgive you. And then empowered by the spirit, get back up and start building bridges once again. All right. One last question that a single person might potentially ask. Is the question, will my desire for intimacy ever be fully satisfied? And the simple answer is yes. One day, your desire for intimacy will be fully satisfied, but it may not happen in this life. In Luke 20, Jesus says, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage. So weddings happen here on earth, right? We know that. Jesus goes on, he says, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection, in other words, those who are in heaven, now notice what he says next, will neither marry nor be given in marriage. What on earth is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying is that, what he's saying is that in heaven, there's not going to be a marriage section and then a singles section. Okay, that's not going to happen in heaven. In heaven, some aren't going to go home together and others are going to go home alone. It's not the way it's going to be. In heaven, we're going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, and and your family, you're going to be brothers and sisters. You're not going to be the family that you are here on this earth. My wife, Carla, will be my sister in Christ. My mom and dad who are sitting over there will be my brother and sister in Christ. My kids are going to be my brother and sister in Christ. You will be my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we will have one father, God, and we will have one home, heaven. So it doesn't matter what your marital status is today. Okay, just understand at one point in time, at some point in time, there will come a day where you will achieve your full intimacy. You will, you will, um, you will enjoy your full intimacy potential with God in heaven. A place where you will never be alone. A place where everyone, everyone will know that they are accepted and recognized and wanted. In the Old Testament book of Hosea, there's this beautiful description of the intimacy that God longs for with his people. And and what I'd like to do is I'm going to have you read this with me in just a moment. But as you read this, I want you to just think about what kind of a love, the loving kind of God that we have. What an amazing, loving God that we have. Will you read these, these words with me, please? In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord. And notice what God is saying. I will betroth you to me. Again, it doesn't matter what your relational status may be now or 10 years from now. It doesn't matter. The day is coming when in a very real sense, a wedding is in your future. This, this amazing, this, this, this relationship of un, uh, undescribable intimacy 
an intimacy that is beyond your wildest dreams, and it's with God. Wow. Wow. It is just, I, I, I feel undone by that knowledge. It doesn't matter, in other words, your life here, it, it, if your life, if you're dealing with rejection, loneliness, heartbreak, okay, the, there will be a day when you, when every moment will be spent with somebody who knows you, who loves you, and who says, I choose you. I choose you just the way you are. Oh. Between now and then, let's be that kind of a church that helps people exchange everyday life for contagious Christian community. Right? Where we can experience that oneness and build each other up in the body of Christ. Where we reach out to our family members, our, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, those people who are kind of on the outside. but So that they too can, can realize it's worth it. Right? Recognize that? It's worth it. Exchanging everyday life for contagious Christian community is worth it so that they too can to know and experience and, and rejoice in the unconditional love of God for them in Jesus too. Now just as a little aside, if you or you know of somebody who's kind of struggling in this area, please know that we have all kinds of ministries available to help. Support groups like uh, Life Hurts, God Heals. It meets on Tuesday nights. Uh, so if you're dealing with hurt of divorce or just the loneliness of being single, uh, we have uh, Stephen's ministry. Uh, Stephen's minister will walk through anything with you. They are a powerful source of help. That uh, we have grief share and divorce care. They can help you kind of readjust to life being single, focusing on a, a Christ-centered path. So you know, so just keep in mind those are available. And if you need any assistance in any of those areas, call the church office. We'll point you in the right direction. But let me just close with uh, a couple of um, key practices that I would love for you to put into practice this week. And remember, we have these four key practices. We want to orient our life around these four things every day. Ask yourself, how am I doing connecting with God in his word and prayer and worship? How am I doing uh, uh, following God's lead? Am I making wise choices? Am I being gracious and, and kind and, and patient? How am I doing loving others? Am I quick to see the need of somebody and help them? How am I doing restoring relationships? So here are these, these three of the four key practices I want to challenge for you to put into practice this week. Uh, follow Jesus' lead, creating an environment for loving friendships. Right? Make, make an environment. Create that environment. Follow the lead of Jesus. It's what he did. And build some deep, intimate relationships with some brothers and sisters in Christ. Second, love others by building bridges, not barriers. If you see any barriers, be quick to knock them down. But be just as quick to build those, those bridges so that people, regardless of whether they're married or, or single, that they are part of this group, that, that, that are part of your group, your group of friends. You know, build those bridges so that we all become this one contagious Christian community. And then worship God. Connect with God this week. We had a beautiful day today. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful day. And, and, and as you're driving home, maybe just praise God that out of all the people in the world, he chose to love you, right? He chose to love you in Jesus. He chose to love you just the way you are. What a great God. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Let's, uh, let's talk to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you for creating us to be relational creatures and for giving us that deep desire for intimacy with one another. 
Help us, O Lord, to look beyond the boundaries that are so often thoughtlessly drawn and to see your will for our life. Help us, Lord, to build a community of oneness, a contagious Christian community built on your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your acceptance. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in your great and holy name. Amen.